Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. I want to tell you about Jenny Diver, a pickpocket who was for a time the scourge of 18th century London with a range of amazingly inventive approaches to thievery. Theft was a, a very a very high-stakes business back then. Uh, generally, your first offence would get you transported halfway, halfway across the world to a penal colony, while your second offence would get you transported a somewhat shorter distance to the local gallows. And Diver's remarkable criminal career saw her experience both of these outcomes uh, more than once in, in one case, believe it or not, as, of course, we will get across as we get stuck into her story here. Jenny Diver was born in Ireland around the year 1700, and uh, I should note here that her name actually was not Jenny Diver. Uh, this was a nickname that was given to her when her career as a pickpocket took, took off because Diver was a slang term for pickpocket. Um, and as this woman was one of the best in the business, it's only fitting that she became known by this name, the nickname, rather than her own, because she was, as I say, a very, very accomplished diver indeed. But her birth name was actually Mary Young. And sadly, her birth caused her mother, a lady's maid, to lose her job in 18th century society. It was considered the height of shame to be a single mother. And so her poor old mum ultimately had to abandon her young daughter uh, and uh, young Mary or Jenny uh, was was shunted between foster homes before settling down with an an elderly lady who sent her off to school. And there at school, Diver um, proved to have quite an aptitude for learning. She swiftly learnt to read and write, but her real talent was, uh, no, not actually not pickpocketing. No, she, didn't, she, wasn't, she wasn't nicking roll-ups off the other kids. Uh, no, it was sewing. Diver had a quick mind, but she had even quicker fingers, and so was a natural with the needle and thread, so much so that she was able to earn decent money, even while young, as a seamstress. But seeking more and better paid work with her sewing, uh, as a young woman, Diver decided to leave Ireland behind and instead travel to London, where she hoped that there would be more opportunities for her to earn. And after arriving in London, Diver fell in with another Irish emigrant, uh, a young woman named Anne Murphy. And this was a very important meeting for Diver because it was Murphy that put Diver's nimble fingers to an altogether different use rather than sewing. Murphy was part of a gang of professional pickpockets, and she took Diver on as an apprentice. Murphy and her gang showed Diver the ropes, taking her out and about in London into streets and taverns and other public venues and showing her how to relieve people of their valuables. And before long, Diver herself had got the hang of things to the point that she overtook the skill of those who had instructed her in the arts of diving and had earned her nickname Jenny Diver. Her light fingers help her nick jewellery and purses and pocketbooks of, of, and all sorts of other stuff. Um, and the story goes that she actually rose to lead this gang of pickpockets that she had joined. Um, and this, also, this wasn't just due to her skills as a thief, uh, because Diver, as I say, she's as sharp as a tack, 
um, and was very inventive when it came to coming up with new schemes and techniques to lighten people's pockets. And so the other members of this gang, they fell in behind her as the criminal mastermind, supporting these schemes that she had as her accomplices. And I want to tell you about these schemes because some of them are truly remarkable, so clever, so inventive, strokes of absolute genius, as I'm sure you'll agree once we get to them. Um, but the, the foundation of Diver's work as a pickpocket, it's centred around the fact that she was able to pose as quite a wealthy lady. She wasn't, you know, a street urchin in rags or anything like that. Uh, she'd actually used some of her ill-gotten gains to buy fancy clothes. She'd learnt to talk and behave like a member of the, uh, of the London middle class or even upper middle class. And so... The fact that she was able to pass as a woman of means meant that, as she carried out her various schemes, suspicion was very slow to fall on her. While a ragged beggar might attract suspicion and even hostility, a well-dressed, well-spoken lady was much less likely to. And this gave Diver access to much wealthier targets than a lot of other pickpockets, uh, as she didn't stand out amongst the wealthy upper crust of London society. She was able to infiltrate and uh, and blend in with wealthier crowds of people. She was at ease around these people who had much fuller pockets than the you know the common targets of uh, of other pickpockets. But even so, access to these people was only half the battle because she still had to actually nick their stuff. Adopting this persona as a well-to-do lady, Diver would run through all sorts of schemes. Uh, a lot of these were classics. Um, for instance, in crowded places with steps or high street curbs, she would seek the assistance of wealthy men in helping her. And when an obliging gentleman would step forward to offer his hand in assistance to what seemed like a wealthy and dignified lady, Diver's dexterous fingers would gently remove any rings he had on, or she would lightly brush against him and uh, unburden him of anything valuable that he happened to be carrying. Another classic that she uh, she would undertake was to assemble with her gang of accomplices lurking nearby in a crowded public place, usually during the middle of an event, a royal parade or something like that, uh, where people are sort of already, you know, a little bit distracted. And uh, in the middle of these crowds, Diver would make a great big show of fainting away, dramatically collapsing to the ground and attracting the attention of everyone nearby, who would obviously scramble to help this poor lady who had fallen to the ground. So as people in the crowd rush to lend aid to this poor fainting lady, with their attention fixed on assisting her in this way, Diver's accomplices would move in. And while the crowd was occupied with, uh, with helping Diver, they would take advantage of the chaos and pick the pockets of all the distracted people dry. And apparently even Diver herself would steal from people as they tried to help her, which just goes to show what a master she was of her, of her craft. The fact that she could brazenly steal from people as they were giving, giving her their full attention. Now, you might be thinking, well, all right, okay, sure, these are effective but not particularly inventive forms of pickpocketing. I was promised remarkable and incredible feats of pickpocketry. What's going on there? Where, where are these? Where are these, these promised feats? Well, let me tell you, exalted listener, about divers' more outlandish schemes because these ones really are something else. Growing ever bolder, Diver began to run the fainting lady routine, not just in public, but in people's houses. With gang members posing as maids and footmen, Diver would approach a wealthy house, uh, feigning great illness. Her footman would knock on the door and, and beg for assistance. 
And of course, as a wealthy and well-dressed lady, Diver would invariably be ushered inside and given a place to lay down and, and convalesce. And as her impromptu host bustled about ordering servants to find smelling salts and, and, and whatever else, Diver and her maids and footmen would help themselves to anything and everything they could get their hands on while their hosts were distracted. Money, jewellery, silverware, it would all be quietly looted and squirrelled away while the host was occupied. And then, once Diver had recovered, she would thank them and just walk out the door with her takings, job done. And she didn't just rob people in their homes either. She would also rob people in her home, or at least what she passed off as her home in any case. Diver began to attend theatre performances, again, very well-dressed, of course, and she would scan the crowd for young men who looked particularly well-to-do. After spotting one, she would approach and begin to flirt with him, eventually inviting him back to uh, back to her rooms for some refreshments. Now, these rooms weren't her actual rooms. They were lodging rooms taken for this specific purpose, of course. But they served her just as well, because this young bloke, uh, excited to have a well-to-do lady show such interest in him, would come back to her place, and once they were both there, Diver would escalate things, and before long, the bloke would have his kid off, his clothes strewn across the floor, ready to get on with what was going to come next. But, what's this? At this exact moment, right, the maid, one of Diver's accomplices, obviously, would knock on the door and frantically warn that Diver's husband was home. So, you can imagine, Diver, in a panic, she would stuff her naked would-be paramour into a cupboard, tell him to hide there, remain silent, while she ran to intercept her husband and make sure that everything went off okay. And then, she would just never return. She would leave the poor bloke to eventually peek out into the room and discover not only had the lady absconded, but she'd taken all his possessions with her. His valuables, his clothes, everything. So, it just goes to show that if something seems too good to be true, it probably is. Diver was out teaching the horny boys of London that particular lesson, it seems, and leaving them naked in a cupboard with no way to really explain to anyone how they'd got there without losing a fair bit of face. But the most incredible of all of Diver's schemes, right, this one was more far-fetched than you could ever imagine. This one, absolute genius, right? Check it out. Diver would head to church. She would attend wealthy upper-middle-class houses of worship, and there she would seat herself amongst the other women who were in attendance. Now, to them, Diver appeared to be a quiet and demure lady, sitting with her arms folded neatly around the base of her pregnant belly. You think, wait, well, hang on one second. How? What? What is? What is Diver's devotion to this bit that she's now pregnant? No, no, no. Diver would go to church wearing a specially made disguise that involved not just a fake pregnant belly, but also, get this, a pair of fake arms folded across it. And while Diver sat there, right, again, arms folded across her belly, her real arms would deftly snake out from under her disguise and pick the pockets of the women sitting on either side of her, either passing the valuables she retrieved to an accomplice behind her or ingeniously hiding them in the hollow of the fake pregnancy. And when these women went on to discover that they'd been pickpocketed and discovered that their valuables had been stolen, 
the last person on earth that they're going to suspect to have done this was the pregnant lady sitting there calmly with her arms folded across her belly. Now, obviously, it's impossible to say uh, say just how much loot Diver and her gang took over the years that they were active. But I'll tell you this, it must have been a fair bloody bit because in time, Diver gained quite an infamous reputation. She was one of the most notorious pickpockets in London. And sadly for her, um, this reputation caught up with her in the end. And uh, as she gained more and more notoriety as one of the best, the best known pickpockets in the city... Her success eventually overtook her. In 1733, while attempting to steal from a wealthy gentleman, she was caught red-handed. She was arrested, tried, and found guilty. And as a result, because it was her first offence, she was sentenced to transportation, but not transportation to Australia, as you may have first guessed. However, because Australia hadn't yet been colonised as a penal settlement. It'd be decades before Cook arrived. It'd be half a century before the first fleet would be sent to New South Wales, Episode 239, the colonisation of Australia, get across it. No, no, back then, the uh, the convicts from, from Britain, right, they were sent to North America, to the British colonies there. Something that Americans seem all too ready to forget when razzing us Aussies about being descended from criminals. We might be, sure, but Americans are descended not just from criminals, but also traitors. So, you know, people in glass houses, mate. Anyway, sorry, I, I won't go on about it. I'll, I'll let you get back to your cheeseburgers. Sorry, sorry for the interruption there. Anyway, Diver, she was sent off to the colony of Virginia, but she seemed to have been very prepared for the trip um, and uh, smuggled a lot of her illicit wealth with her onto the ship. And uh, this meant that more or less as soon as she arrived and effected an escape from the uh, from the, the her penal duties, she was able to bribe a ship's captain to take her straight back across the Atlantic. And once she was back in London, she returned immediately to thievery, which saw her through the next few years pretty well, pretty successfully. However, unfortunately, as the time went on, as, as, as the years passed, age started to catch up with Diver. And by 1738, her fingers were not as quick and agile as they once had been. And this meant that she was caught in the act once again and so faced arrest and trial for a second time. Now, ordinarily, this would, uh, this would mean you'd be executed. However, in a world without fingerprints or photographs, Diver was able to claim that she was a woman named Jane Webb. And as the authorities never positively identified her as being the very same Jenny Diver who they'd, who they'd sent over to uh, Virginia a couple of years previous, she was, once again, sentenced to transportation, as it was supposedly her first offence. So, another trip across the Atlantic, another bribe captain, and within a year, Diver was back in Britain. However, by now, things had changed. Most of her gang had broken up, they'd gone their separate ways, some of them enjoying voluntary retirement, while others enjoyed involuntary dancing lessons at the end of the hangman's rope. And unfortunately for poor old Diver, this was the fate that awaited her. She very unwisely went back to her life of crime and in 1741 was caught a third and final time attempting to pickpocket someone. And this time she was positively identified as Mary Young, as Jenny Diver. And uh, so when she was found guilty, there was no third transatlantic journey for her. Instead, just a journey across town to the gallows at Tyburn. Executions back then, they were a public spectacle, much like a, a professional sports match is these days. The good seats sold for princely sums as convicted criminals lined up to perform the hempen jig. And 
On the 18th of March 1741, at the age of just 40 or so, Jenny Diver was one such unfortunate soul lining up to meet her fate. So infamous was Diver that she had to travel to the place of execution in a mourning carriage so as not to be swamped by the crowds, and then after arriving, she was the headline act for the day's executions. Dressed in rich black and with a hat and veil, Jenny Diver's life ended at the bottom of a rope, hanged by the neck until dead. Although, before this, she very likely paid off the hangman to tie the rope in such a way that she died quickly, rather than go through the prolonged suffering that the crowd would have loved to see so very much. Her body was claimed by her former accomplices to avoid it falling into the hands of the medical dissectioners and was ultimately buried in what is today the old churchyard of St Pancras, just nearby the famous train stations there. And to this day, you can still go and visit her grave in St Pancras, although, knowing Jenny Diver and her schemes, you'd be very wise to mind your pockets as you do so. to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.